Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of the day you are watching this broadcast, this is Dr. Eric Tangumonkem with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. There is great potential in you. However, it's going to take some hard work, it's going to take some perseverance, it's going to take some tenacity. It's going to take some endurance for you to become all God created you to be. I'm excited you've joined us today. I'm glad you've decided to stop by. Welcome. Please do me a favor. Share this broadcast. Invite other people to join us today. We're going to be talking about a subject that is very important, dear to my heart. And I hope it's going to be a blessing to you. In addition to inviting somebody, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit that notification button so each time I'm online, you can join us live. The last thing I would like you to do for me, get a copy of my book. Yes, my book, Racism, Where Is Your Sting? A Provocative Look at the beginning and the end of racism. I say uh, provocative because some of the simple solutions that are presented here are thought provoking. And I want you to get a copy, not just for yourself, but for other people. You can get it on Amazon, on my website, the information is below this video. I also like to get your feedback. Right now, it's not possible for me to interact with you directly, although I'm live because we're streaming this on multiple uh, platforms. But do me a favor, leave your comments below. If you like what I hear, what you're hearing, I would like to get your feedback. If you don't like it, please let me hear as well. It is important for us to move forward. We are in chapter five, talking about the way forward. And part of what I've been saying is that the book ends with you. I'm going to say this, you may not like it. It's the truth that sets people free, not what makes you feel good, Ask those who abuse alcohol and other drugs. Don't you make them feel good? Those who cheat on their husbands or wives. Don't it make them don't 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 it make them feel good? Those who embezzle money and other sins. Don't 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 it make them feel good? But the wages of sin is death. And that's why I'm not focusing on trying to make you feel good. I'm focusing on helping you get true freedom. You cannot complain, blame, and make excuses to freedom. It has never happened. It's not going to happen. It's not going to change with you. You lose control when you complain and blame 
and make excuses. When it comes to racism, playing the blame game, complaining, it's not going to help you. It hasn't helped anybody. I know what you are thinking. You're saying that I'm, I'm crazy, that I'm refusing to face reality, that I'm living in la-la land, that I don't want to face the facts. I don't want to look at the numbers and the statistics. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. Great evil has been perpetuated against you. Heinous crimes have been committed against you. If you've marginalized, segregated, mistreated, a lot has been done against you. A lot has been done against you. But the way you break free, the way you break free, is not by complaining, grumbling, murmuring, and making excuses. You break free. When you realize, oh, those who are trying to kill me, those who are trying to stop me, those who are trying to dehumanize me, those who are trying to take away my destiny, they are perpetuating the works of darkness. And I know darkness can only be defeated by shining in light. Before I get into the topic of today, I want to share this proverb with you. Ready this morning, and it set me thinking. If you've been listening to me, I've shared one story over and over. I'm going to share it again today and buttress it with this proverb so you can get what I'm trying to say. When I was a kid, we had no indoor plumbing. Please, I'm not saying that for you to pity me. We had a lot of fun. When you wanted to take a bath in the morning, you go to the river, take off your clothes, put them on the river bank, jump into the pool, and you take a bath. And my dad used to say, if you went to the river and a madman showed up and grabs, grabbed the clothes that you've taken off of your body and is running away, will you, will you chase behind the madman stuck naked or will you go look for a different different clothes, put them on before you chase the madman. This may not make sense, isn't it? However, the moral of the story is this. Let the madman be. He is a madman. You are not mad. You do what normal people do. You look for clothes and put on. Don't, don't dare you say, oh, the madman is having my clothes. And now I'm running around as a madman because the madman made me do it. 
it doesn't cut it. And when you complain and blame, please, I haven't said what has been done to you is acceptable. I've not said what has been done to you isn't good. I've not said what has been done to you is comfortable, is evil. You never fight evil with evil. You never fight darkness with darkness. It doesn't work. It's impossible. You are stuck because they're trying to fight evil with evil. You need to shine light. And that is why this proverb, chapter 24, verse 4 and 5 says the following. Answer not a fool according to his fully. List, you become like him, yourself. Answer not a fool according to his fully. List, you become like him, himself. If somebody says you are a donkey, makes movies about you portraying you as a donkey, calls you a donkey, treats you as a donkey, who has a problem? You or that person who has dehumanized you and declared that you are inferior? Whose report are you going to believe? The report of your creator who says you've been created in the image and likeness of God or the report of society that has tried to say they can use skin color to classify people and treat some people better than others? Whose report are you going to believe? Please, I'm not refusing the foolishness of those who dare think that the color, the amount of melanin somebody has in their skin can define the content of their character. I am not going to go down that road. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. Basic biology teaches us otherwise. There is one human race. We are all different. The difference does not mean inferiority or superiority. Do you get that? Don't wait for the foolish ones to change. Don't answer them according to their foolishness. It continues, answer a fool according to his fully. Least he be wise in his own eyes. The Bible is very clear. You are transformed. You are changed by the renewal of your mind. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need a total makeover. Replace the lies, the foolishness that has been injected into you. Remove it. Who told you that skin color can limit you? Why are you believing that lie? You don't believe it, it's not going to work. They will try. 
it's not going to work. If you don't believe it, it's not going to work. Oh, but you can tell me, oh, but look around, see what is happening. Of course, a lot is happening. But it doesn't mean that you should believe it. What you believe about yourself determines what you do. Please, I'm here to present solutions. I'm talking about the way forward. We looked at the life of Joseph and what his own brothers did to him and how he triumphed. That's what I want for you. So today we're going to look at the life of Jesus Christ, the defeat of racism, and the way forward. This is going to be part one. I'm going to present it in, in this one in, in three parts. So we're going to start with part one today. I ended the last episode with some questions that I'm going to start today with those questions. And I wanted you to think, listen carefully, and make sure you're getting what I'm saying. Where was God when Joseph needed him the most? Where was God when his brothers, out of hatred, jealousy, and anger, caught him, tied him, and sold him for 20 pieces of silver? Where was God when Cain was murdering his brother? God knew what was going to happen. Why didn't he stop it? Where was God when the Africans caught their own brothers and sold them to foreigners and sold them to Europeans? Where was God when all the despicable things were done to the African slaves in the New World, putting padlocks in people's mouths, chaining them, raping them, forcing them to walk, under hellish conditions with zero pay. A slave master will sleep, sleep with the slaves, have children, and sell the children off to other plantations as if they were chickens. Where was God when all this was happening? Where was God when these people were lamenting and crying under the bondage of slavery? Where was God? How could God allow such wickedness to go unchecked? How could God allow families to be separated, children caught and sold away from their parents, people lynched, killed for, for no, no good reason? How could God allow that? How could a loving, merciful, and good God allow such evil to be perpetuated? How could God allow that? I do not have answers to these questions other than to say, it seems God must have been where he was when his own son, Jesus Christ, was being tortured, mocked, and brutalized by Roman soldiers. Jesus had not committed a single crime, yet he was tried and condemned for no reason whatsoever. When I was a little kid, 
I had a hard time understanding the meaning of Good Friday. I was told on Good Friday, Jesus died on the cross. And to me, why call it Good Friday when one of the most heinous crimes in history was committed on that day? What is good about betrayer? What is good about false accusation? What is good about torturing and nailing somebody on the cross? How could the untimely death of a 33 and a half year old man on a bloody Roman cross be a good thing? How can death be good? How can defeat be a good thing? How can betrayer be a good thing? What good can come out of false accusations, jealousy, envy, and hatred? These are many other, they, these are many other questions. These and many other questions plagued me as a kid. Good Friday cannot be good. The unjust condemnation of an innocent man was handed down by one of the most, one of the greatest kangaroo caught on the face of the earth. Based on trumped up charges by zealous men with wicked intent, the selfish gain. The chief priest, they realized that Jesus was becoming popular. Jesus was saying, I'm the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Back then, for sins to be forgiven, animal sacrifices were done. For these animal sacrifices to be done, people had to go to the temple. And out of a sudden, Jesus is forgiving people's sins without them going to the temple to sacrifice the animals that were required by the law. Because when they sacrificed, a portion of those animals went to the priest. They didn't like it. They were losing money. And Jesus was also teaching with a lot of power and authority. And people were flocking to him. They didn't like it. They were losing control and power over the people. And the only solution, kill him. Get rid of him. The man on that trial was betrayed by one of his close confidants who sold him for money. After spending three and a half years with the master and teacher, he knew where to go get him. This confidant was entrusted with the treasury and he betrayed his master for 30 pieces of silver. The king of kings, the lord of lords, the creator of the entire cosmos, in the eyes of Judah was worth 30 pieces of silver. He who created everything, he who threw him, everything was created. Because in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. And through him, everything that has been created was created. Including the silver that Judah, one of his closest disciples, betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. 
money, greed drives a lot. Slavery was driven by money and greed. We can try to explain it however way we want. Bottom line was the money, show me the money. Those in the South plantations were like, oh, if you take away our free labor, our economy is going to collapse, isn't it? Has it changed very much? Isn't why the love of money is the root of all evil and you cannot save both God and mammon? The brothers of Joseph sold him 20 pieces of silver. The Africans sold their brothers for gin, gunpowder, and guns, and some Western goods. Money. Money. Judas knew where to find Jesus. Talk of betrayer. Talk of failure. This man has spent three and a half years with the master, yet all the miracles Jesus did, all the teachings he gave, fell on deaf ears. He led the soldiers, the high priests, and the elders to the Garden of Gethsemane. Then he identified his master by giving him a kiss. Yes, the kiss of betrayer, which eventually led to the crucifixion of his master on a wooden cross by Roman soldiers. During the trial, the accused man had no lawyer and no defense. There were no demonstrations asking for him to be released. There was no cries for social justice for him. There were no cries for equality for him. Charges were levied against him from all sides. Some people slapped him on the face. Others spat on him. He was mocked, taunted, humiliated, and whipped in the public square for no reason. During this whole ordeal, he did not struggle to defend himself, although he could. Remember, this is the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator of the entire cosmos, the alpha and the omega. This is him who had power over the wind, over death. Yet, he refused to defend himself. He did not try to free himself, although he could. After all, he walked. Was he not a miracle worker? Had he not turned water into wine, fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fishes? Was he not the one that raised the dead back to life? He raised Lazarus. And he even said, I could command my father to send legions of angels that will wipe these people off. His only chance of being free was squashed by the very public that had benefited from all his good deeds. The same crowds that he fed, the same crowds that he healed, the same crowds that he performed great miracles in. The people he had healed, fed, delivered, encouraged, and comforted rejected him. The people preferred a thief 
and murderer, Barabbas, to an innocent man and asked for the guilt, the guilty one to be released instead of the innocent one. They shouted, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. When asked if the innocent man should be released, the crowd was so worked up and agitated and demanded the blood of an innocent man. They even went to the extent of saying, let the blood be placed on our children's children. Pilate, the Roman governor, had the power to set this innocent man free. They chose not. He chose not to because of political correctness and the desire to protect his job. Pilate interrogated Jesus, found out the guy was not guilty, had not committed any crime, yet he chose to protect his job. He chose to protect his reputation because of the, the chief priest and the elders told him, Jesus has declared himself a king and there is no other king except Caesar. And if you dare free this man, we're going to let Pilate, we're going to let Caesar know about it because you are now an enemy to Caesar. Can you imagine? The Jews, they were occupied by Romans. They detested the Roman occupation. However, when it came to getting rid of Jesus, they said, there is no other king except Caesar. There's no other king except Caesar. And this man who has declared himself king of the Jews, according to that accusation, we are going to make sure we eliminate him. Pilate washed his hands and failed to take responsibility for his actions. How can this be? How can such injustice be done so callously? There's so much going on today. I'm talking about racism and the way forward. Unfortunately, we dehumanize other human beings. Anything can be done to them. Like 61 million babies killed in America callously under the protects of the woman's right to choose, etc., etc. And millions just stand by and let them keep butchering the children. Isn't it interesting that those who oppose vehemently Vehemently, the death penalty are the very ones that don't care if babies are being slaughtered. Isn't it funny that those who are pushing for equality and the sanctity of life are confused to when human life starts? Have you thought about it? If life doesn't start in the womb, when? When does this start? Oh, some say it has to be viable before it's alive. 
for it to be viable. It, it's just the same. It, it, it's just the same to say. It, it, it's just like saying, "Oh, um, to be able to uh, see my money grow, I must start with a certain amount." And if I have a cent, if I start with just a cent, I have no hope. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. You'll be surprised by what people will do when it comes to advancing their own agenda, when it comes to climbing the corporate ladder, winning an election, getting a promotion, and a raise. You'll be surprised by the length people will go just because they have personal gain in the matter. Yeah, women decide to get rid of their babies because of their career. God will help us. I know I've raised a lot today. I haven't really answered much. Stay tuned. If you think you've suffered injustice, think about Jesus. The hope that we have is that God is still in control. That nothing, even death, cannot separate us from the love of God. Do you have that hope? Are you living with that hope? Is God on your side? When you look at the life of Joseph, it's not what happened to him. It's how he responded. It's who was with him that made all the difference. We are told repeatedly, and God was with him, and God was with him. When God is with you, doesn't mean you're not going to go through stuff. But he's going to see you through. You need to have hope and trust God. He has a bigger plan. It is well. Thank you for watching. Share this video. Stay tuned for more updates. Keep those questions coming in the comments. God bless you. Have a fantastic day.